Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. I am super excited today to speak to Alejandra Brady about feng shui. And as some of you know, some of you may not know, I'm, I follow astrology super religiously, so to speak, um, Vastu specifically. So there's a difference between um, like Western astrology and Eastern versus, which would be from India. And I didn't know the difference 15 years ago when I started, but what I have learned so far is that there's also different different variations of feng shui. Mm-hmm. And I first did feng shui 20, exactly 20 years ago in my first home that I bought and continue to do so in all the homes that I live in now. And so people often wonder like, why is that wall green right there? Or why is that wall pink or whatever? And there's always a rhyme and a reason for what is happening in my home around energy. And so I'm so excited to talk to Alejandra today. Thank you for being here. She is a feng shui expert, and we're going to talk about a lot of things, but also how that might relate to your fertility (laughs) and what we can go do and tips around that to kind of help kind of solidify that and, Mm -hmm. and make that a specific intention. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and a happy weekend almost for when we're recording. Yes, (laughs) I know. I'm actually really looking forward to the weekend. Uh, So tell us a little bit how you got into feng shui. It's such kind of, I don't want to say random niche, but for somebody who, you know, is very, you look like very American if (laughs) who's watching this, you know, it's not what we think about, oh, I'm going to grow up and be a feng shui expert. Right. Well, what's really funny is actually my first language is Spanish and I was raised on the border with Mexico. So, you know, I'm not even really American. I mean, I am, but you know, I relate to my culture as very Mexican American. So add that to the mix. And the fact (laughs) that feng shui found me is kind of wild. Um, So a synopsis of how it happened. Um, When I turned 50, I suddenly had to have very, um, I had to have fusion on my neck, which came out of nowhere. It was, it was a surprise and we're all, you know, very astonished at this situation and it made me slow down and stop. I have been an interior designer for almost 20 years. So I did have that aspect to it already, you know, aesthetics and, and how things flow and things of that nature. But I never worked with feng shui before. I don't even want to pretend that I did. I didn't. Um, But, you know, design has its own feel and flow. So as I was preparing to go into this surgery, I was actually working on a house of a client of mine who was more into energy and feng shui. And she said, Hey, listen, I found a feng shui practitioner who will come to my house. Will you come so that you can implement, you know, what she suggests. And then, um, she'll said, she'll do your house too, if you want to before your surgery, you know, and she won't charge us travel time. Amazing. Yes, please. I know. (laughs) Right. Yes. So she's coming from Naples, which is about three and a half hours from here. And her name is Karen Rock Carter. And she ended up being my teacher. So I always want to give her credit. Um, so 
She gets to my house. We're walking around within 10 minutes. She stops and she looks at me and she goes, you know, you're going to be doing this. And to this day, I remember my response, TikTok lady, like you're still expensive. Like, just tell me what I need to do to get through my surgery and recover and let's go. I have no right. interest in doing this. Right. Um, but she left. I implemented what she said. I finished right before my surgery for my master bedroom. That's where I wanted to start because that's where I would be healing and in a neck brace for, you know, six to eight weeks where you really can't move around very much. So I wanted a very peaceful space. Um, and it was already beautiful because I can make it beautiful, but I knew that it could be better, especially for health reasons. Right. So I did it. It changed everything. And my husband went from literally crossing his arms when she was at the house and looking at me like, great, now you figured out another way to reduce stuff, you know, right, right. Um, to what, right, right. Cause this is what I do. So he's like, well, you couldn't figure out one way. So now you brought in a, a different reason. So, um, the change was so drastic that when I recovered, I reached back out to her and I said, Hey, remember me? Um, you said, I'd be doing this. Would you be willing to be my teacher? And she said, yes. And my husband was a hundred percent in. And I took the next year off, closed my design business and just studied under her and got my certification and started doing it. Amazing. Yeah. And that was almost six years ago. So that's a newer modality to my toolbox. Fantastic. Good for you. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that so many people feel like they're pigeonholed into whatever it is that they've been doing, right? So you said you were doing design for many years. How did that feel to kind of make that shift because a lot of people have that nudge of like, oh, that actually is pretty cool. Maybe I should, but I'm 50 years old or I'm whatever it is that we tell ourselves, right? Right. To not make that shift. How was it just because maybe she planted that seed of like psychically you're going to be doing this that kind of pushed you over the edge or what was it for you that was like, no, it's okay for me to be doing this. I think when I saw the changes in my own house, I wanted to do that for my clients too. You know, I knew that having that knowledge, I could still make everything aesthetically beautiful because I am not the feng shui practitioner that unless it's an emergency or it's a have to, or the client wants to, I'm not going to randomly hang the crystal ball from a red string in the middle of your hallway, unless it's necessary. Right. But I try and do it aesthetically through design. And I, it just felt like a really natural marriage. And I literally was 50, you know, and just, um, said, okay, let's try this. And then that I call feng shui my gateway drug, because then that led to me being curious about meditation and other spiritual things that I was not curious about before. And so I started meditating and saying, okay, how do I put this all together? What is my purpose? Our son had graduated from college. He was grown and flown. And I got told to write a book and I'm like, yeah, no, thank you. Just like I told her, no, thank you. And here we are with a best-selling book, you know, four years later, it's just, so now I've learned that when I get these nudges, that when these messages come to me, now I just follow them through instead of fighting them because you're getting those messages for a reason. You know, if, if you're feeling stuck, but you're thinking that you need to pivot, it probably means you need to pivot. Absolutely. So great segue to the book. Tell us a little bit about that. (laughs) So, so the book is about my spiritual journey. So it is about my, and we talked just a minute briefly before, you know, while we were off camera about my struggle with infertility, I lost four of my five pregnancies and we had our son who is amazing. And I feel he has ended up being an only for a very specific reason. And it's 
great. And now he's getting married. So I finally have my girl 28 years later. <laughs> um, Congratulations. Thank you. He gets mad at me because now I buy more stuff for her than him. And I'm like, hey, you brought a girl home. I don't know what you want from me. You I've know? been waiting a long time. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time to go shoe shopping. Right, <laughs> right. Um, so, so, you know, I struggled with that and just general overall life. But then it does jump to a little bit of what we talked about and my spiritual journey and how I took that information that was given to me by God, universe, spirit, whatever you call your higher power, and have just made a complete shift in the direction that I'm going. And so the book is all about helping other people, because I will say I felt super alone, especially at the beginning of this journey. I felt like I was losing friends left and right because I'd be so excited about feng shui or so excited mm -hmm. about meditation. And I'd want to talk to my friends of 30 years plus, and it wasn't their jam. And, right. you know, that's totally fine. It just took a minute to yeah. understand that. And then as, yeah, as you're losing- On the flip side though, when you do find the people that like want to geek out on it with you, you're oh, like, yeah. oh my God, and did you see this? And have you seen that? And did you hear about, you right. know, whatever it is, the new fun crystal or right. whatever, right. right? Well, a big yeah. part of it was surrendering to the fact that things were going to change. You know, you cannot stay in the same place and want a different life. And, you know, it, it has to change and things have to change. Uh, even my husband was so sweet, but it was even challenging for him. You know, at that point, we'd been married about 27 years or so because we've been married 33 now. And, you know, I'd come home from um, what did I do one time that was just amazing? And the conversation was, oh, a past life regression. I did my first past life regression <laughs> and I came home and I was telling them all this stuff. And the bottom line was use my voice, use my, you know, throat chakra, share my story, share my message. But when I told him how I got there, you know, and I talk about the story in the book, cause I don't want to take up all the time with that. When I got there, he looked at me and he goes, but you're not going to tell anybody this, right? They're going to think you're crazy. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> they just told me to use my voice, you know? Right. And so even people who are well-meaning in your life don't always get it. And it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to get when you're having a spiritual journey, you know, um, so hopefully my book is for those who are going through that and can maybe help them feel not so alone and will help them see that in the end, your tribe will show up. Yes. And I think that collectively as humans, we're becoming more conscious and those stories Absolutely. are becoming more and more day to day. My husband right. too, he's East coast, you know, so mine. <laughs> would not ever think to be into all of these things. But when right. we were together, I'm like, okay, well, I need to talk to the astrologer. What's the right day for us to get married? When are we having kids? Like what's happening? You know, all mm -hmm. of these things. And of course, at first, I think he probably did think I was crazy, but then he saw how, like for you with the feng shui, how it all aligned. Right. Oh my gosh, this actually really is. It's a math equation. It's not somebody making something up, right? It's right. based on the time, date, and location of your birth, period, end of story. And somebody's just translating that for you for the best of the outcome that's given. Right. So you would never think in a million years that this guy would be on board with it. And he totally is now. And right. it's so not that he's like actively seeking it out, but he's, you know, tell me more. What do you want right. to, what should we do? What do you, you know, do we need to talk about this? Or is that the right day or right time? I'm like, I love that you're even asking too. that question, you know? So I do think that, you know, things are shifting a bit more, even with people that we feel would never be open to that are getting there, which I think is a beautiful thing. And hopefully the younger generation will just continue to be more and more open to all of those things. But it is a big shift when you're first taking that step to 
I remember the first book I read was Many Live, Many Masters yes. by Brian Weiss. Yes. And I've given that book to probably 50 people over a period of time to read because I do think it's it really marries the scientific aspect of things because this man is a MD who then goes into yeah. doing past life regressions and realizing how you know your husband may have been your daughter in a past life or whatever you know kind of makes sense of some of this craziness in our lives and I think that it really does help people to understand that you can live in a world where it's both right mm -hmm. i can i love black and white and being very data driven but again i always talk about spirit babies and all other kinds of things i have crystals i have feng shui and vastu and all the things right but i also I am very the other direction and you can live happily in both spaces right i and agree i think people don't figure you have to be hippy dippy living on a commune if you're going to be like into a spiritual life and that is totally not true <laughs> you know so i completely agree with that and i just did past life regression with him he was here for hay house and so no! i went and i did a whole day workshop with him oh my god <laughs> was it amazing it was he was amazing yes we were there from 10 to 5 with him this workshop group Oh my gosh. Okay. I want to, I want to ask you all the things offline. <laughs> I don't want to waste anybody's time. But, ah! yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so back to feng shui and sure. just generally, what are okay. some kind of general tips that people can do today in their home to kind of shift things around? A little bit so i will first preface it by saying oh and i'm a virgo by the way so i am very grounded in this life too and i need all my little things and organization and all those things so yes and we lived in sedona for multiple years so i've seen both sides i've seen the you know flying high at all times and the being grounded so yes i kind of like to balance it out and live somewhere in the middle yes. yeah. <laughs> you know um so the type of feng shui that i practice is btb so it is a more western feng shui just to make that clear, because sometimes people get very confused. And I get DMs all the time in my inbox, you know, on Instagram that are saying, well, you said this and this other person said this. And I'm like, you need to look into the different types of schools of feng shui. There's right. three main ones and see what resonates with you. And then make sure that the people that you're following all are of that same type of school of feng shui, because otherwise you can end up quite confused. Correct. So I just want to make that clear that mine is BTB. So as people are listening, if they're curious or they resonate with it, they can go look it up and see what it is and see, you know, more about it. So we work with the Bagua map. Are you familiar with that? I am, but I'm okay. assuming that most people probably are not. Okay. So the Bagua map is a tool and you can always get uh, a free one to work with on my website. So if you put that in your show notes, people can just go into the website and get a free Bagua map. They can just download it so that they'll have one. Um, we line up the front door with the lower area of the Bagua right here, which is like the career area. So it looks like a tic-tac-toe board is what the Bagua looks like. And it represents the nine areas that are the main areas of anyone's life. So there's career, there's children and creativity, there's health, there's wealth, there's fame and reputation, which is how you are seen in the world in business, not necessarily just being famous. There's love and relationships, uh, family, skills and knowledge, and travel and helpful people. So it breaks down into the nine areas of a tic-tac-toe board. So if you stand, I'm going to do my best to explain it because I know people are not visually seeing this. If you stand at the entrance to your home, at the front door, if you open your front door and stand there 
and visualize your, your house in a tic-tac-toe board. And so to the immediate right will be helpful people and travel. Right above that will be children and creativity. In the top right-hand corner will be love and relationships. Directly across from the front door at the end on the other side of your house will be fame and reputation. Health is in the middle. And then likewise, if you come and turn left from your front door to your left is skills and knowledge, then family, then wealth. So wealth is like the back left-hand corner of your house. Hopefully that gives people a bit of a visual because I know it's hard to explain just without being able to see it. Yes. Know? And again, we will um, link that in the show notes for people to. Yeah. Then people can just go get once it. Once you see it, it makes so much more sense. Right. Right. It's a visual tool for sure. So we use the Bagua to see what's going on in your life. So, you know, if I go to someone's home, I'll give you a really quick story. So I went to um, a home of these older people, I would say they're mid seventies to early eighties, which is not my usual age group demographic. It just isn't. Um, and he was on an oxygen tank and the wife was saying, you know, she had to move out of the bedroom because he was up all night and couldn't breathe and felt like he was drowning. And I'm like, well, may I see your room where you sleep? May I see where you sleep? And so because of his age, he, and his condition, he was sleeping quite a bit, even during the day too, because he felt like he was choking and couldn't breathe all the things. So directly above his bed was an oil painting of Venice, the canals. And I'm like, okay, so where can a human being not breathe underwater? Where does a human being feel like they're drowning underwater? So we agreed to move. You know, he said it's a super expensive piece. It reminded him of a great trip. I'm like, that's all great, but let's move it to a different area of your house where water is a beneficial element and let's remove it from where you're sleeping because whatever's above your head is going to have a lot of impact on you. And that would even relate back to conceiving or the inability to conceive, like pay attention to what's above your bed. I prefer nothing. Honestly, yeah. people are always like, well, what can I put? I'm like, nothing. I would just prefer that you leave your, that space empty so that that energy can flow around, you know, and two weeks later he was off the oxygen tank. I when mean, I went back to check on him, I mean, it really was. You're like, duh. <laughs> I was kind of shocked. I was like, whoa, that's a good one. <laughs> After my, you know, they don't all yes. resolve themselves that quickly, right. you know, but people who tell me they feel like the weight of the world is on them. And I go into their bedroom and of course there's a map. And or beams, right? In beams their are not good. Beams can contract the energy for sure. I do not like beams in the bedroom and they, you know, I can't say it's the reason why there's a divorce, but it can lead to separation because you're physically being separated by a beam, you know, the two people that are sleeping on a bed. Right. Yeah. And it contracts the energy over your body, you know, so the higher the ceiling, the higher up the beams are, the less effect they'll have on you, but they still will have an effect on you. So if you do have beams in your bedroom, at least paint them the same color of the ceiling, don't have them a different color to where they stand out. And that will help minimize the effect that they'll have on you while you're sleeping. Right. I know I was just, <laughs> again, mentioning before we got on the phone that yeah. we, um, I've been looking at homes and I think the realtor last time I was walking through thought I was crazy because I kept mentioning different aspects of feng shui. <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> but it's like, I don't even have to really, they, they were things that were not really fixable per right. se. Right. Right. Um, and I just knowing what I know, which is very little, 
but enough to know that I don't want to put my family through situations of that's what we are living through. So another thing that came to mind when you were mentioning the bedroom was um, a lot of people have family pictures. And from what I know, that's really not something that you should have there. Is, can you, is that correct? Or That is correct. I prefer no pictures except of you and your partner, um, whatever that means to you. And if you're single, then you don't want pictures of solitary people like you want groups. So I would just not keep, I wouldn't want to go walk into your bedroom and see a whole bunch of pictures of just you everywhere, you know, but yes, just you and your partner. And when this was explained to me, cause I was one of those people, I had my whole family, the kid, you know, everything. And, um, when Karen came to my house, she goes, you need to take all these out. I'm like, why then my family? I love to wake up and see him. She goes, do you want everyone watching you while you're intimate? I'm like, ah! <laughs> it had never crossed my mind. <laughs> Right. You're like, you know, okay, that was yeah. easy. Bye. Pictures are away. <laughs> pictures are away. So just you and your partner, happy pictures. Um, again, depending maybe on what gua your bedroom falls into, because, you know, we all don't have perfectly feng shui homes where our bedroom falls into the love and relationships area. Right. Um, my bedroom in our last house fell in the helpful people in travel. And I love to travel. And so does my husband. So I had pictures of us that from trips that were wonderful that we want to go back to, you know, that kind of thing. So anything that really brings a smile to your face and that's just personal for the people who sleep in that room. And what about the direction that you face when you're sleeping? I know that is something too, when we moved into our new house, sometimes you can't control that, right? Of like where things are located and whatnot. What do people do? Well, first of all, what, where should they be facing? And is that really a thing? And, or if it's, if it is, and they can't fix, you know, it's not in the direction. Is there anything they can do to, to rectify that? Mm -hmm. Question one. Yes, it's a thing. It's called command. And it really is important. Um, Through multiple, you know, consultations and years of doing this now, what you find and what you start to see are patterns, you know? So what the patterns that I see when a room is not in command. And what it means to be in command is you want a solid wall behind you, if possible. You want a full solid wall behind you. You want a high headboard and you don't want a beam. And if possible, not even a ceiling fan. A chandelier is fine, but not a ceiling fan because ceiling fans cut the energy. So again, it's all about creating this sanctuary for you in your bedroom, which is so important. And especially if you're trying to conceive and you know create life and all that, you want the, the area that you're in to be as auspicious as possible for you. So if that is the best situation where you have a solid wall behind you and where you are able to see who's coming in from the door into your bedroom, but you're not in line with the door to your bedroom. So you don't want your feet in line with the door that comes into your bedroom. That is called the coffin position, unfortunately. And what we see as a pattern is that whoever is sleeping there and that door is open to the foot of the bed, there tend to be a lot of foot and ankle up to the knee issues. You know, if somebody's having a lot of foot issues and you are sleeping directly in line with the door to your bedroom, see if you can switch it. So the second most beneficial position would be if there's a window, I prefer not, but like if you, if you have a, if you have a wall that has a window, that would be position number two. You know, what you really want is to be able to see who comes in, but not in line with your feet. 
if there's no way around it, and I've certainly had that dealing with, you know, small apartments in New York places and stuff where, you know, things are what they are, because I do virtual consultations all over the world, then you want to block, you want to put something between the end of the bed and that door so that the energy that comes in from the door doesn't hit your feet first, it hits something in between. So that could be a footboard, you know, that's higher than your feet. It could be um, a bench, a little sofa, whatever it is that you have room for, you're going to intentionally place there so that that is what gets hit with the energy coming into the room before it hits you and your feet. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Okay. okay yes. Good. Thank you. Sure. And also I know for me with my little guys, that was a big thing for, for me with them too, especially when they were in a crib because they would roll around and sleep, flip flop sleeping. Right. And I'd always go back in and turn them back around the right direction and whatnot. But you do see once they kind of get in alignment with where they're supposed to be, they do, they are more peaceful. Mm -hmm. They do calm down. The energy just is more calm. And so I put it out there as kind of a test for anybody who is listening um, to switch those things around in your home. It's really easy to do. Those are not major things to do. Right. And, and just kind of take a, analyze your, your space a little bit and see what I can, what you can do differently to make a difference. So now on to fertility. Sure. What if somebody is trying to conceive, what do you suggest that they do in their home? So first of all, I would say the things that we just talked about, right? Get your bed in command or at least as close to command as you can possibly get it. Um, get rid of a ceiling fan if you can. Get rid of beams or at least paint them the same color as the ceiling just to kind of minimize any effects that can be contrary to, to producing. Then I would say... For the bedroom itself, and I actually took notes on this before we got on because I wanted to make sure that I had some really good ideas for you guys. So specifically for the bedroom, you don't want to vacuum under the bed while you're trying to conceive. You want the energy to settle there. I know I thought that was interesting too because you know so much of feng shui is clean, 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 declutter, make sure that things are not dirty or broken. But my teacher taught us that in this particular circumstance, you also don't want clutter. Like I don't want anything under the bed. Right. So it, it's not your invitation to have, you, you know, all, all the things and storage, like get rid of the storage, clean it once and then let it be while okay. you're trying to conceive and just don't vacuum. You know, if it gets really dirty, maybe wipe down with a cloth or something, but you don't want that yang energy of vacuuming. You want to create a, a softer yin energy to invite life in. Um, wow. Yeah, you want the energy to settle in. You can add things to the gua, the creativity and children gua. So again, if you walk into your front door, immediately to your right is your travel and helpful people. Then like the center of the right-hand side of your house would be your children and creativity gua. So you can add intentional items here to say, this is for the baby that is on its way. You know, you're being super, super intentional about it. You want to. So what are some of those things? Like, is it a specific colored things? Is it like pictures of babies? Any? I think any it can ideas? be anything that means that, that means something to you. You know, for some people, it might be a silver, a silver baby rattle. So that area, the children and creativity gua itself is actually a metal element area in your home. So anything with metal, anything white, anything round uh, are all good objects that can be placed there, white flowers. It's also the area that in, brings in creativity. So like for me, when I was 
trying to write the book. I mean, I'm not birthing children anymore. I'm 56, you know, <laughs> but I needed to birth this book. So I focused on the children and creativity gua too. And I always had fresh flowers for me at that point in that house, it was the laundry room. So there's only so much you can do, but think about it. I had big white laundry machines. So I've got the color, they're metal, you know, um, I kept all my party supplies in there. It's a very creative, fun area. So you can bring in a silver bell, any, anything that seems happy. The only things that you shouldn't put in that area are candles because fire melts metal in feng shui through the elements, anything pointy, because again, that's just sharp and you don't want to invite sharp things in. So I actually had all my candles stored in my laundry room. Uh, and as soon as I learned all this, I took them all out, moved them around, moved all the party supplies in there and boom, 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 things just started unblocking and I was able to write anything that's blocked is not good for you in that area either. So if you can physically go in and you can't open the door all the way because you have stuff behind it, if you can't open a window, if you have piles of things, declutter, clean it out, unblock anything because that will unblock the energy channels for children and creativity, whatever that means to you. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I feel like so many people who come to see me are like, I've checked all the boxes, I've done all the things, right? What else? can I possibly do? And unfortunately, you're at a place of feeling so desperate and yep. you'll, you will do anything. And this, I don't feel like this is a situation of desperation, so to speak, in, in moving to feng shui and just looking through your home and what you're doing and analyzing the situations. It's more of just kind of a lifting up of the energy Absolutely. and moving forward in a more beautiful way to say I'm setting an intention here rather than like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta put this creativity and child area all together because I'm hoping to have a baby. Like come to it with a more loving intention that mm -hmm. you're just doing something for yourself to grow, right? Rather than, you know, this one more thing on the to-do list in order to conceive. Because again, that energy comes into it as well, right? Of like, right. I have to do this. We don't have to do anything. I get to. Yes, I get to. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to do. And, and just curiosity, right? Be open right. and curious to how is this going to shift any energy? What do I see differently? Do I feel differently now that this laundry room is a little more uplifted, so to speak, right? And I most often you do if you can really tune into yourself and pay attention to what's happening around you. Well, and, you know, this is what I tell all my friends, even the ones who are like, you know, people will say, oh, I don't believe in feng shui. And I'm like, it's not a belief system, you know, right. oh, it's witchcraft. No, it's not. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's a religion. No, it's not religious. It's not anti-religious. It is literally working with the energy that is already all around us. So right. why not work with it instead of against it? You know, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't get it, but I'm also, you know, I also have studied it and understand, but right. that is what I just tell people. I'm like, sadly, feng shui doesn't care if you believe in it or not, it's there. So you might as well work with it. <laughs> yeah. And all, oftentimes when you get into it a little bit, you realize, oh my gosh, it's, it's common sense, right? right? Oh, it's, it, it's literally 4,000 years of common sense. Yes. And so it's like close the bathroom doors and shut all the lids and the toilets and whatever. So the water, things don't flow down. It's like, oh, of course. Right. Right. That makes right. total sense. So <clears throat> the little things that you might 
think don't make a difference, try them and see if they do make a difference. I guess it's all I can say. Well, and they'll also make a difference. You know, a lot of people come to me. One more tip I wanted to give you guys for trying to concede before oh, I yes, tell you what please. I'm going to say. Don't do any major renovations in the house. Well, you're trying, again, we're trying to create that yin, you know, think of your uterus. It's a dark, quiet environment. So don't do any major renovations and start ripping out walls and all that while you're trying to conceive, try and keep things calm and quiet. And then afterwards, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that one as well. That's a great and one, because I think a lot of people do that with the intention of their baby's coming, right? So we need to put the extra room on or change the office to a room now and we're going to blow out this wall or whatever we're going to do. So that's a great tip. Thank you. for. I would say, that. yes, I would say do that once, you know, once the conception has happened and once the pregnancy feels like it's good and it's going to go all the way through and all of that, then, then you can start doing those things to get ready to nest at the end. But just while you're in the process of trying to conceive, you know, try, try and stay in a calmer, in a calmer state. But the other thing I was going to mention is it also, you know, feng shui will work for everybody in the household. I have so many people and sometimes it's the men that reach out to me surprisingly, but most of the time it will be the, the woman in the household. And she's like, well, I believe in it, but my husband does not, as you and I talked a little bit about earlier. And I'm like, it's okay because what you do will affect everyone in the house. So even if nobody else is paying attention to you, the work that you are doing intentionally on your home, in your office, wherever it is, whatever space you're doing it, will have a positive impact on everybody that's under that roof, including the animals, you know, so it doesn't hurt. For sure. It, you know, <laughs> I can't agree with you more. My little guys are now three, four and six. Uh -huh. And even they know, like, you can't do that. It's bad feng shui. <laughs> Like, they'll make, you know, off the cuff, off the cuff comments to somebody or whatever, or to each other, even like you need to close the toilet because it's bad feng shui, you know, to remind Don't you love that though? Whatever. Yes. And I just always go back to, they are such sponges and mm -hmm. it's normal for them, right? These right. conversations of crystals and Jesus and God and all of the things all of it. are, it's all talked about in our house. So you don't have to be one or the other. Again, I, I will kind of reiterate that. And that's how we're raising this new collective of energy, little souls to know and be educated in different modalities than some of us were of like, this is what you do. And there's no, right. No other okay. options around right. that. Right. Um, right. So I think to your point of the family just kind of gets on board and has the benefits of it. I will a thousand percent agree on that. And I'd like to share a quick story of how children really do understand energy, even if they don't have the language to express it to us. Because, you know, up until a few years ago, I didn't have this language yes. either. I had to learn an almost an entirely new language to be able to do this job. Um, I was working with a mom who called me because her three-year-old would run crying into their room every single night, refused to sleep in his room. She's like, this room looks like a magazine. And it did. It was gorgeous. She was calling it the bear den. And so he had this cute little um, metal bed and then it was painted all black. Like it was like in a cave mm. and then it had white birch trees, a mural of white birch. Tree. It really did. It was gorgeous, but the trees had no leaves on them. So that was at night. And then she'd taken the cute stuffed animal heads and had them. I don't know if she bought them mounted or had them mounted so that they looked like trophies, you know? Okay. And she's like, how cute is this? I'm like, it's very cute, but I totally. And then. The really interesting thing that she said to me was, 
he's asked me to paint the door green. And I go, which side of the door? The inside of the door. So the fact that the one that he could see. And I said, okay, let me think about this. And I'm like, well, here's what I think. And here's what I feel based on what I know. Everything's dead in here. You're in a metal bed, you know, which isn't, I, I would prefer wood beds, especially for children because metal is not very protective. You know, there are slats usually, so you don't feel encased and like in a, you know, little cocoon. So for children, if possible, wood beds are better, even for adults, preferably. I never put anyone in a metal bed anymore. Yeah. Um, the room is black. It's the middle of the night all the time. I know when you were just explaining it, I'm like, I would be scared in the night. And it it was gorgeous. You know, I mean, it was done by a great designer. Um, It was before she knew me. So, you know, and, and then the heads and I'm like, so everything is literally dead. Like he's basically asking you something green, something that's alive, you know? So then she started crying. She's like, I feel so bad. You know? And I'm like, no, you didn't know, you know, you didn't know. We, we can't do better until we know better. Right. So she switched it around. They painted leaves, you know, they did all the things. And he went right to his bed and he doesn't, you know, jump into their room anymore. So pay attention to what you put in your kids' rooms too. Cause even though it might be Pinterest worthy, it might not be energetically a good fit. And I think people forget that designers forget that, you know, it's. And it's possible to do both. Oh, sure. No, that's how I work. I want it gorgeous, but energetically aligned. Right. What? I mean, I'm an interior designer. Music to my ears. (laughs) Yes. 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 So how can people find you and learn more about all the things that you do in your book and everything? Oh, thank you. Well, the other thing I did, which might be a great place for some people to start if they're not ready for a one-on-one is I created a card deck. Oh, I love card decks. So this time I did not argue when spirit came to me and said, you're going to write a card deck. You know, you're going to create this card deck instead of saying no and fighting it. Like I fought learning feng shui and the book and all that. I just said, all right, just tell me what I need to write down channel through me. And in three weeks I had it done. And then I worked with a person in Sedona who I met a beautiful artist when we were living out there and she did all the graphics for me. Um, So this has 77 cards and it touches every single corner of your home, even your garden, your outdoor space and your garage. So by the time you do it end to end, you've touched everything in your house. So it's kind of like do it yourself. Feng shui. So you, you know? choose a card and the card tells you what to do or how yes, yes. about that. So okay. you can so it's got a Bagua map in it too. So okay. it has a card with a Bagua map. So you, you're guided to it. The back of it will tell you how to use it. And when you were talking about the boys saying, um, oh, it's bad feng shui, you know, put the toilet lid down. What one of my clients told me is she had the card deck and she said her daughter was outside sweeping like by a shed. And she goes, What are you doing? Why are you sweeping the dirt? She goes, Oh. The card I pulled today said to sweep outside of the garage. And since we don't have a garage, we have a shed. I'm sweeping the dirt. (laughs) (laughs) And she was wiping down the shed door because it was not, it was the garage door for her, you know? Cute. Yeah. She's like the kids pull a card whenever they want or whenever they have time. Sometimes on a weekend, if there's some downtime, everybody in the family will pull one. And then it's, it's sort of a race to see who can finish their task first. You know, um, the way I tell people to do it is take it at your pace. It doesn't mean you have to pull a card every day. Some things will take five minutes. Some things might take a couple of hours. Some things might take a day. So pull it, you know, in any order you want, whatever's calling to you that day. If you pull one that just seems insurmountable that day, stick it back in, find a different one, you know, that fits with your time frame and the mood that you're in. But you will go through your kitchen, your bathrooms, your bedrooms, all of it, all every single little area of your home. And that seems to be 
a really, really good thing. People love that deck. So that's available on Amazon, as is my book, um, and on my website. So, and then they're in a lot of local stores here in Tampa and now going to St. Louis, actually, I just had somebody call me from St. Louis that wants to stock them. Amazing. Um, I love yeah. card decks. It's such a, fun. an easy lift of yes. what it is that you're trying to, to move towards, you know, I even talk about clothing. I even talk about, cause you can feng shui what you're wearing. I you know, love so that too. Again, with, you know, again, with, um, wanting to conceive white is a great color to wear cause you're welcoming in something new, you know, it's, it's always white always makes you think of something brand new. Right. So, yes. So that's a good one too. And what's your wear. card deck called? It's called what should I feng shui today? Oh, so fun. That cute. Yes. And then my, my book is called, I just can't make this shit up because I can't. I, <laughs> I mean, love that. There was no other title for it. I love so, it. I'm well, super active on my Instagram. So most people find me there and then my website. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your You're time welcome. and all the great nuggets of information. And we can't wait to learn more as we go along. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So much fun talking with you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the Creation Innovation Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation innovation for more information on how to enter. Every review counts and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.